0: Hey, Fire Nation, quick note. Today is the day the Self-Publishing Success Summit launches. Gary Vaynerchuk, Pat Flynn, Barbara Corcoran, and yours truly, and 36 other great entrepreneurs and authors share our secrets. Come check us out, eofire.com slash SPS. It's all free. EO Fire, 1,340.
1: Measuring everything is a disaster.
0: Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. Are you looking for an all-in-one podcasting solution? Visit podcastwebsites.com and schedule a chat to see why podcast websites is for you. Ignite! Ignite! Are you ready to find your perfect hire? Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. Fire Nation in house, JLD here, and I'm fired up. To bring you our featured guest today, Justin Rothmarsh. Justin, are you prepared to ignite
1: Indeed, I am. Yes.
0: Justin is the author of The Machine, a radical approach to the design of the sales function. He's also the founder of Ballistics, a consultancy that builds sales functions for organizations in North America, Australia, and the United Kingdom. Justin, take a minute and fill in any gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: Well, I was born in the UK, in Cambridge. I grew up from, I think, the age of seven in Australia, in Brisbane, and I emigrated to the US. The land of the, the land of the free. About eight <laughs> years ago, to, to really to accelerate the growth of the business here.
0: And give me a little insight of your personal life.
1: I play tennis. <laughs> I play a lot of tennis, um, many hours a week, and I lift weights. Um, I'm a, a in, uh, I'm a bit of a health junkie, so I'm I've been paleo for about eight years. I'm in ketosis right now. Ooh. Uh, so for those listeners that you have, I'm sure there were a lot that Tim Ferriss fans. Ooh, yeah. I'm I'm you know I'm one of them too. Uh, but, but work consumes a a lot of time. Ballistics has been, you know, ballistics has been something I've been working on for 20, 20 years. So it's a bit of an obsession.
0: Now, how do you know that you're currently in ketosis?
1: I have the (laughs) Okay, this is going to get technical. I love it. So I have the, the, the the uh, meter, the the blood meter, so I can prick my finger every okay. couple of days.
0: Well hey, if you like pricking your finger, keep at it. I actually personally bought it's called ketonics and you just blow uh, into one. it. And it will like light up certain colors like a Christmas tree, but each color signifies how deep in the ketosis you are or are not so fascinating and kind of just to maybe close this topic off because it's a passionate (laughs) one of mine fire nation and one that hopefully if you're not passionate about it you are passionate about your health is a lot of people get obsessed with chronic cardio like going for runs every day and just doing elliptical machines well i mean hey that can be part of your workout and that's it's good exercise if it's a balance but nothing will make you happier than lifting weights in my experience. Like I literally started working with a virtual trainer like about a month ago and Kate made the comment. She pulled me aside, she's like, you're a happy guy, John, but you have been 30 to 40% happier over the last month. And nothing changed except that I really started taking weights seriously. So it's really, int- I mean, we're meant as human beings to lift heavy stuff, just saying. So Justin, back to the picture at hand. Let's talk revenue. We are entrepreneurs looking to grow businesses that actually create revenue and value. How do you generate revenue for your business?
1: Well, we sell uh, uh, essentially a, a, a service on a subscription basis. So what Ballistics does is we build sales functions for organizations from scratch or we re-engineer them in line with our, with our principles and we charge all our clients basically the same flat monthly fee for our services and they get access to those services on an all you can eat basis so the fee the standard fee is $8,400 a month unless you turn over more than $100 million when it's $9,900 a month
0: so what do you think the average size and revenue of the businesses that you serve are
1: it depends on the country so there's a huge deviation uh, a huge variation I should say in the states our businesses tend to be in the 50 to 100 million dollar range that would be the median I guess. In Australia and the UK, significantly smaller. Uh, so, if I uh, if I looked at Australia, for example, an average business would probably be in the six to twelve million dollar range.
0: But they're still able to afford you as a client.
1: They are. They are. And and I, I guess we might get into this later. But one of the things that I figured that that we figured out with Ballistics is that. Um, is that if we aggregate all of the requirements of our clients, we can build a you know a, a fairly big tech team and a fairly big creative team. And we can give our clients a really comprehensive all-you-can-eat service for a pretty low flat monthly fee. So when you consider that one of our clients, when they work with us, they don't have any more costs relating to promotions, they don't have a promotional collateral, and they don't have any more sales-related tech expenses, and they even do away with sales and customer service-related recruiting expenses. So it, it makes it possible for a small business to justify working with us and to get the kind of service that would just be inaccessible to a business doing less than $20 million a year normally. So we have, surprisingly, a lot of small business customers, clients.
0: Well, Justin, we're going to get even more into this coming up in the future. But what I want to talk about right now is your journey as an entrepreneur because you've had the ups, you've had the downs, and what I want you to do is take us not just to the downs, but to the lowest of the low, to your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. And Justin, open up that window, take us inside, <laughs> tell us that story.
1: So about ten years ago, we had to go into what you would in what you'd call in the U.S. Chapter Eleven. So basically, we had to put the business into the, the hands of receivers temporarily to get a stay on, the, you know, a stay on um, um, uh, servicing our creditors. So basically, we had to, you know, rebuild the business from scratch. And, and that's a very painful process to go through. Uh, um, and it left left a fair bit of scar tissue as well. Uh, it, uh, if I wind back to before that, I guess the backstory is that I'd started ballistics twenty years ago as a direct marketing agency, and the business grew pretty well a- and and as as we the more we grew, the more I hated the business to be honest. I hated working with twenty three three year old marketing managers in larger organizations who knew nothing about direct marketing and really didn't care about it, trying to sell you know the direct marketing religion. It was just soul destroying. And and in response to that, I would pretty much started a consulting business on the side. And what I discovered is because we were a small business, the consulting business ended up competing with the creative business, which was pretty much a traditional creative business, like I think ad agency. So what was happening was all the passion was in the consulting side of the business and all the revenue was in the uh, creative side of the business. And you can guess what you can guess what happened from there mm. so you know the 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 end result was we had to make a we had to make a commitment to to one part of the business or the other now there's a happy ending here you want the happy ending
0: i love happy endings especially when you stew enough in the worst moment which i feel like you did
1: To stew a little more, we had to let a ton of our people go and, and, and we let, we had to let go almost all of our creative team. And we'd made this assumption that if we sold lots of consulting, consulting would, would lead to sales of creative and it, and it just wasn't happening. So we, we, we'd had to do that and that was very painful. Mm. So we decided to bet everything on the consulting model. So we started to sell projects, you know, where we went in and re-engineered people's organizations. And instead of leaving it to them to drive the change, we said, look, you pay us a monthly fee, we're going to drive the change. And the business almost turned on a dime. And I remember letting our creative team go. We made the change. We we sent an email to our client base saying, look, if you want to engage with us on an ad hoc basis in future, sorry, we don't do that anymore you've got to pay us a flat monthly fee or nothing, essentially. And we had a bunch of clients come back to us already and say, hey, we love the managed services idea. We think that'll work much better for us. And then we we had to frantically go back to our... Uh, uh, co- creative team that we'd let go. And within, I think it was four weeks, we hired nearly all of them back. Like, just kidding. We time. love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was amazing to me how the business just turned on a dime. And we, we went back, we became profitable almost instantly. And we dug ourselves out of the hole that we were in, you know, within six months, it was, it was amazing how fast it turned around.
0: So before we kind of move into a lesson learned, like you had to let a lot of people go and that's never an easy thing. I mean, fortunately, you were able to hire them back four weeks later, but you know, the reality is you had to let those people go. So you must have learned a lot through that process. And I know a lot of people listening, Fire Nation, we love you. Um, you understand the fact that you need to hire slow and fire fast. But, you know, just saying those words doesn't make it easy to actually do the firing. So what are some best practices that you learned on the best ways to let people go? Of course, you know, there's no perfect way or, or fun way. It's, it's a tough scenario. But what is the best way that you found?
1: Well, I think honesty is, is, is the most important thing. I think you be, you need to be honest with the people who you're letting go and you need to be honest with the, with the compatriots of the people who, who are being let go. And I think that, I think that oftentimes being slow to fire is actually a form of dishonesty. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I've done this in the past where there's been somebody who's a bit of a troublemaker or not pulling their weight and I've been reluctant to fire them. And I, in retrospect, I recognize it was dishonest to the rest of the team not to because, because by, by, by maintaining the business as usual, I was, I was sort of sending the implicit signal that everything was fine when everybody knew that it wasn't. So I think. You, you, you need to, you need to be honest with the person you're letting go. Here's why we're letting you go. And, you know, we said to our team, look, here's a situation we're in. We, ha- we need to let you go. And the interesting thing was that our team members, for the most part, were more sorry for us and more concerned for us than they were for their own financial outcomes. And you also need to be honest with the people who, who are left behind. If you let someone go, you need to say that person, you know, th- turns out that person would be better off working for someone else. Here's why we made the decision.
0: Exactly, and that's the point that I kind of want to jump yeah. on right there because I think it's so important, Fire Nation. You know, you're not only being dishonest to the rest of your team and to your company in general, like Justin was saying, but. know, that person, just because they're not working out for you doesn't mean that they can't find that right job for them, that they can go and crush and and be a great employee somewhere else. And if you're holding them into a position that's not working out, you're being not only dishonest to yourself and your company and your business, but you're being dishonest to that person as well. And hey, there could be a lot of reasons why that person is not working out. But one of those reasons might be it's just not the right fit for them. They're a good person. They're a hard worker when put in the right scenario. So you have to rip that bandaid off. You have to make things happen. And now, Justin, let's get to what you consider the biggest takeaway from your worst entrepreneurial moment story.
1: Okay, so the lesson learned was that we had to pick the right business model. I think we, ha- we should have been quicker to discard the business model that wasn't working and, and stop flogging a dead horse. And we should have been quicker also to take a gamble on the business model that we were passionate about.
0: So now we're going to shift to another story, Justin. And this story... I really want you to take us to one of your greatest aha moments. You've had plenty of aha moments in your career for sure, but what's one of your greatest? So you know our listeners, Fire Nation, who are entrepreneurs, small business owners, are really going to resonate with and take us to that moment in time and tell us that story.
1: We struggled with selling consulting, and I think probably a lot of your listeners, particularly tech entrepreneurs, have this problem as well. Consulting has a bit of a bad name among Tech entrepreneurs, um, uh, because everybody would like to be selling products. So we were cautious about get uh, about adopting the consulting model, and we didn't want a standard model. And I think a breakthrough for us was when we realized we could actually package consulting as a as a product and sell it like a SaaS company would sell a product, and, and I guess that's called selling managed services. But I, I guess thinking about consulting, like selling a, a SaaS product, made made you know made a lot of sense for us. And the the better job we've done, I think, over the years of emulating a traditional software SaaS business, the the, the more appealing our product has been, and the more profitable the business has become.
0: So Justin, you just broke down a lot of different areas where you found ways to zig when other people were zagging. You hit a wall, you had to fire a lot of people, which again, you then rehired when you found the way to pivot, to adjust, and to move forward in a new direction. So all of these things are really important lessons that we need to take away, Fire Nation, is that, hey, just because... This, this isn't working. Doesn't mean the overall creative that we're doing. Doesn't mean the overall vision and business and value that we're trying to provide is wrong. Maybe it just needs a tweak. You know, maybe it just needs a 45 degree turn or just a 10 degree turn. But it does need that tweak if it's not working and you got to keep just putting in that thought process to say, hey, how can I get this business to where I want it to be? What can I try to make this work? If you still believe in the core fundamentals of your business, which Justin did, which is why he kept trying to make things work until, boom, he knocked it out of the park. What do you want to make sure Fire Nation gets from your aha moment, Justin, that's going to be critical for them and their businesses?
1: There's a dilemma, I think, when you're building a business uh, on the one hand, you want to persist with an idea because those, you know, there's this feeling if you give up, you might be giving up too early. But also you need to know when to quit. I was talking to somebody the other night who was a psychiatrist and she was saying she really, ha- I live, you know, just outside Hollywood here and she was saying she hates the Hollywood culture that sucks in ambitious people and drains the life out of them <laughs> while they work in bars waiting to become movie stars. And she said she sees so many people whose lives are destroyed by this desire to become an actor or a singer or whatever the case is, when in reality the the odds of it happening are vanishingly small. So we have exactly the same dilemma in business. How long do you persist? And and I think I I haven't figured out the answer to that dilemma, but I think that there are certain um, models that are proven. And for us, I think that... um, you, you don 't want to be pioneering multiple things at the same time I think you might you might take an established service offering and pioneer a new business model or you might take a new business hmm. model and pioneer a new service offering but you don 't you don 't want to try and invent a whole bunch of new things simultaneously because that 's just too hard, and the odds of striking oil are are too small so I think I think, you know, what we've done here is we've adopted a fairly traditional managed services or even a SaaS model, and we've taken a bundle of services that aren't normally sold like that and sold them this way. So we haven't tried to... We took just one risk instead of taking a bundle of risks, risks. and I think that's probably the best advice I can take out of that.
0: Justin, I want to go back to the beginning part of this answer that you gave and really just talk about this great book by Seth Godin called The Dip. I've talked about it before, Fire Nation, but it's so important you understand these fundamentals because sometimes you are just in a dip in your business, and you do just need to keep pushing forward because you will get over this dip, and you will be able to climb over these barriers, but sometimes you're in a hole. And the only way to get out of that hole is to stop digging. And you need to just look inside to your core, to your gut, to your intuition, and really listen to yourself to see, is this just a dip or is this a hole? I'm just digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And Justin, what is your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur?
1: I think my biggest weakness is probably also related to my strength. And the, the biggest weakness is I get bored with managing business as usual. Um, Even though I'm the founder of Ballistics, I've appointed my first employee, who's also a shareholder, Jason, as the CEO, because I made a decision that I don't really want to be a CEO. So so Jason and Charlene, my executive assistant, plan my calendar for me. And really, I perform on a day-to-day basis more like a team member. And then once a month, we have a management meeting where I perform, where I behave more like an investor. And I would rather be you know, an investor once view, I'd rather view the business as an investor once a month and, but then operate as a team member during the month than be a CEO. So I don't think I'm actually the best CEO.
0: What's your biggest strength?
1: I think my biggest strength is figuring things out. But, but, and I mean, all, all business owners are capable of solving problems other, other than, otherwise they wouldn't be business owners. But w- w- what I, I guess Ballistics has demonstrated and the success of the book too, uh, and certainly, if you read the reviews on amazon um, w- what 's what 's different about the machine is we 've actually gone and uh, looked at sales and the way sales is done and and reasoned from first principles and I would say that 's probably my strength reasoning from first principles uh, you know I, for whatever reason it 's as much a curse as a blessing i 'm prepared to say no i 'm not going to accept standard practice i want to I want, to, I, I want to start absolutely with first principles and recreate the entire edifice from scratch. Uh, and that's what we've done with sales. And uh, I, I've naturally always thought that way. I've always been a, a science nut. Um, and I think it's a, it's a strength and a curse, but a strength too.
0: Justin, what is the one thing that has you more fired up right now than anything else?
1: Well, I'm really excited about inside sales, and I, and I have been for a little while, and I think that, that, that something I come across over and over again is there's this default, except for in Silicon Valley, there's this dis- default assumption that sales is something that happens in the field. And if I look at the work we're doing with clients on all, in all, on all three continents, North America, the UK, and Australia, in pretty much every case, what we're doing is building inside sales team and moving sales inside. So if, if, and even in those cases where our, it does make sense for our clients to have field teams, let's say they're selling to government or to major enterprise, we're still moving the locus of their sales functions inside. So it's, it's such an obvious idea when you think about it. Uh, and there's in such enormous upside in moving the locus of sales inside. Even if you have people in the field, you, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, need to be coming to grips with the fact that your sales function should actually be an inside an inside function, not an outside function, because customers don't, don't buy any more from field salespeople the way they used to in the past. And if, if you find that tough to swallow, you need to get over it and just accept and, and observe how you make buying decisions. You, you know, the idea that if you want to buy something, you invite somebody to come to your home or place of business, it, it just doesn't happen anymore.
0: Well, Fire Nation, what is going to happen is the lightning round. So stick around as we thank our sponsors. Looking for the best candidate for the job, but not sure where to find them? It can be tough searching for your perfect hire. And typically, it means you're posting to multiple job sites. But with ZipRecruiter.com, it's different. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. The best part is, there's no emails or calls to juggle. Simply screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over eight hundred thousand businesses. Right now, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by visiting ZipRecruiter.com/slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. One more time, try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. It's crazy that we moved everything we do for business over to the digital world except for our physical mail. Imagine all the time you save if you didn't have to check your mailbox every day. Great news, now that time can be all yours with Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7. Plus, it integrates with the tools and services you use every day. You can search your mail, send invoices to your accounting software, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier you also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers so you don't have to worry about giving out your home address anymore earth class mail has processed over 10 million pieces of mail it's no wonder they're trusted by thousands of startups and small businesses see for yourself visit earthclassmail.com fire enter promo code fire and get your first month of service free that's earthclassmail.com slash fire promo code fire Justin, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? I think I am. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur?
1: Not much. I wasn't a great employee. Um, so uh, there was some concern about walking away from a stable income, which, which turned out to be unjustified. But I think that there was a lot of friction for me being an employee. So it was probably easier to cut loose than, than it is for most.
0: What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Get the hell out of the office. So a good friend and a mentor of mine used to, he, he owned a business much bigger than mine and much more successful. And he used to ring me up and say, Rothmarsh, what are you doing in the office? I'm coming by to take you a coffee. I get to get you a coffee. I got to get you out of there. The longer you're in the office, the slower your business is going to grow. You know, your people need to learn to be self-sufficient.
0: What's a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Well, I thought about that, and I read a lot. I read more than most people, but I think that uh, that I also read smart so you know all my friends they ask me, they say, "Oh, you read more than anyone. I bet you 've <laughs> read this business book, and I hate business books to me, business books are like the business equivalent of mills and boone's Mills and Boone romance novels i I despise them, so I like <laughs> I read mostly science, to be honest, and I read some history. But I, I think that um, if, if you're going to read business books, you may as well, may as well read trash, trashy romance novels. They, they, they don't teach you how to think.
0: Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation?
1: Yeah, so here's one that everybody's already aware of, Google Sheets. So my advice is get to know Google Sheets, but not just Google Sheets. Behind Google Sheets, there's this magical thing called Google Apps uh, Google Apps Apps Script, and it's a scripting language, a little bit like VBA, Visual Basic for Applications in Word or Excel. But basically, Google Apps Script is JavaScript, and even someone who's a non-programmer can go and you know figure out very very quickly how to code it and make it do things. And Google Sheets, you can make it interact with interoperable with a whole bunch of other applications. And what you can essentially do, even if you're a non-coder, is jury-rig together very very quickly. Uh, web apps, essentially. You can build your own, you know, I use it still, uh, and I've done it for many years to build kind of proofs of concept. And then I give them to our development team and say, build this properly. But uh, Google Sheets in conjunction with the scripting language in the background is is freaking awesome.
0: If you could recommend just one book for our listeners to join the machine on the bookshelves of Fire Nation, what would it be and why?
1: The goal by Eliyahu Goldrat. Uh, I, th- I think significantly more people in the U.S. have read that than in other countries. Just about every, you know, everyone who works in a manufacturing business we come across has read this book. Probably tech entrepreneurs less so, but it is the most profound business book and it's the, except, the one exception I would make to reading. There are a few other exceptions too, but yeah, read the goal.
0: Justin, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance from you. The best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: I'm Justin Rothmarsh on Twitter. Uh, but the, probably the best way to get to connect to me is to go to my blog, which is salesprocessengineering.net. Um, uh, actually, a good way to get there, if, if, if listeners want to go to fourappointmentsaday.com, so that's F-O-U-R, appointmentsaday.com, they can request the first four chapters of the machine for free. Uh, they'll get it in the post. And after they've submitted the form and requested the first four chapters, they'll automatically get rerouted to my blog and they can read a bunch of good content there.
0: And what's a parting piece of guidance?
1: A lot of people are in love with the idea of taking measurements. Um, And oftentimes when I meet with managers, they say, oh, we love numbers. We measure everything. And I think measuring everything is is a disaster. What you want to do is you want to identify for your business as a whole, just just two measurements that you want to take, maybe three measurements, you know, uh, one measurement where you're looking for incremental improvements, and a couple where you're just making sure that things don't go wrong, like, you know, cash in bank or something. And then for each, each function within your business, you know, apply the same rule, just measure one, one thing and perhaps, you know, measure one goal and two necessary conditions. So, you know, less is more when it comes to management and in particular measurements
0: less is more. And Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with Justin and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com, just type Justin in the search bar, his show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. And of course, you can go directly to salesprocessengineering.net or forappointmentsaday.com, or go to both, and they'll all be linked up on on the show notes page so definitely make that happen fire nation and justin i want to thank you brother for sharing your journey with fire nation today and for that we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side fire nation thank you for listening to eo fire visit eofire.com for killer resources free trainings and so much more it's time to share your voice and message with the world and our free podcast course will show you the way text podcast course all one word to 33444 and ignite